0: You're listening to a message from Crosspoint Church in Williston, Vermont, with lead pastor, Todd West. Find out more about us at crosspointvt.org. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media. Thanks for being here today. Well, again, man, so glad to see you guys here. Dave has set the stage for the passion. When he came off stage, I said, a little more passion, bud, a little more passion. (laughs) I think you're going to be all right. And uh, I've had to dial my passion back because of my vocal cords, and I'm trying so good, so 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 hard to do that, to keep my voice in check. Uh, so um, anyway, I miss I miss singing, and uh, so that's part of why I, uh, I'm trying to work on that. Passion is a um, <clears throat> going to be our series. We're going to be talking about the next few weeks, and I'm not going to say anything that you don't already know. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to say things you probably already know, uh, and it's not that we're, you know, trying to educate you on something you've never heard of. You know what Easter is, most of you. You know what the passion is. You get all that of Christ and the cross, but I want to just challenge you in some of these areas today. If you have your Bibles, turn to me to John chapter 3 and verse 16. John 3, 16. Most of us obviously can quote this by heart, and I want to talk today on week one of this passion called Fueled by Love. Fueled by love. Now, obviously, when this sermon series was written, gas wasn't 45 bucks a gallon. They'd probably change the title. But anyway, <clears throat> okay, tough crowd. That was funny, you know it. Uh, Democrats and Republicans, I'm just telling you. So, uh, we're going to talk about fueled by love, not electrified by love. I'm just kidding, that's good. You'll we'll catch that later, too. Uh, but it's, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Come on, man. We got to laugh during these. Things. This is a terrible times we're living in. We got to laugh when we can, right? Well, what is fuel? It makes, uh, it makes the car run, right? And uh, there's many working parts to a car, but no fuel, and you get nowhere. Um, one New Year's Day, I always thought this was kind of hilarious, but one New Year's Day in the Tournament of Roses parade, a beautiful float suddenly sputtered and quit. True story. It was out of gas. And the whole parade was held up until someone could get a can of gas. The amusing thing was that this float represented the Standard Oil Company. Often Christians neglect their spiritual maintenance, and though they are clothed with power, find themselves out of gas. So true that that is. And as we look at Christianity, we find that what should fuel us is love. That's what should fuel the Christian faith. Not big stages, not platforms, not budgets, not boards, not any of those things. That shouldn't fuel you. Ministries shouldn't fuel you to where they become the fuel that makes you drive and what what makes you want to get up and go to church, etc. What should make us be fueled is the love we have for Christ, the love that He's showing and shining through us as well. Here's one of the greatest verses that we find in Scripture. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world. That word means condemn, but to save the world through Him. Not intellect, not through uh, anything else are we to be driven in our churches other than by love. For God is love. Love didn't start. At the virgin birth, love did not start at the cross. Love did not start at the resurrection. God is love. He has no beginning and no end. And so the love of God has never had a beginning and it will never have an ending. But what God did do was he sent his only son, he came in flesh, to give his life on a cross because we've all missed the mark. Everybody on the sound of my voice has missed the mark. And because of that, we're separated from a holy God. But Christ came and brought his righteousness to trade out with our unrighteousness so that that we can be accepted into the family of God and that when we leave this earth because Jesus beat death, we can beat death too. And that's what gives us the confidence that we have. That's why Dave was passionate and excited this morning was because he knows the tomb is empty. What separates Christianity from all other faiths is the fact that our tomb is empty. But yet with all that said, we can have all that knowledge. But if we do not have love fueling us, the world doesn't care. They honestly don't care what you know until they know that you really, truly care. And that sounds kind of cheesy cliche, but it is so true today, especially in our culture. What is going to change the world is love. Not worldly love, which says what's good for you is fine. There's no moral standard. That's not what love is. And, and godly love is not telling somebody that they're wrong. We live in a culture that if you disagree with somebody, man, they just fold their arms, pack up their toys, leave the sandbox, and go home. It's the day we're living in. But God's love is truth. That's the thing. You can't change truth. Like, you can't make a truth an untruth. Are you hearing me today? And God's love is true. If that were the driving force of the church through the years, we wouldn't be where we're at today. God so loves the entire world and does not condemn the world. People sometimes will say, and I've listened to some great um, things this week, but people will say, uh, you know, I don't want to go to church because I feel condemned. The Bible says you're condemned already. The pastor doesn't have to do it. The songs don't have to do it. Nobody has to do it. It's the gospel that is showing you that you're condemned already. People are like, how could this God of love, pastor, send me to hell? He's not sending you to hell. The Bible says you're condemned already. You're born in this state. What God did was he came and stood in. In front of you and said listen I'll make a way of escape so you don't have to perish I think that's one of the most beautiful words, again, in the Bible, is that word condemn. He didn't come to condemn the world. But listen, we're already condemned. He came to redeem us and to fix the condemnation that has been put on us through the price of sin. God's motivation to send Jesus was fueled by love. And Jesus' ministry here on earth, all the way up to his death on the cross, was fueled by the same unconditional, all-powerful love. Easter isn't just about what Christ did for us, but what he desires to continue to do through us, and that is love. 1 Corinthians nails it. Again, you can preach good, great. Sing good, awesome. You got all these gifts and abilities, perfect. You got all this stuff you can do. You can ring all these bells, blow all these whistles, all this kind of stuff, awesome. He said, if you have not love, you're nothing. That's what he says. So we come to church, we build churches off of everything. What kind of kids program you got? What kind of youth program you got? What kind of this program? I'm not saying we're not supposed to have it. But we come into church with the wrong motive because we're coming in saying, what can you do for me? The reality is, what are you going to do for Jesus? That's the issue today. So we understand God loves this entire world and did not want to condemn it. Easter is not just about, again, what Christ did for us, but what he desires to continue to do through us, and that is love. Again, John 3, 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And so as we build up to Easter, I want us to see Christ, but I also want us to see ourselves and ask ourselves, Are we fueled by love? Is that what really fuels us? Or sometimes we call it love, but we just want to be right. Right? Right. Y'all appreciate y'all coming today. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, we just want to be right. That's, that's really what we're doing. We say, I just, I'm, I'm telling you the truth because I love you, but you don't love him. You just want to be right. And that comes out sometimes in a lot of our posts and everything else that we do in social media. And leading up to Easter, looking more intently at the passion narrative, as it's often called, that leads to Resurrection Sunday. And I want us to feel his passion, but also evaluate our passion. Again, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, I'm sure that the guards who were there thought the nails were hanging him there. I'm sure they thought they were holding him there. But we know that Christ could have called thousands of angels at any time to come and deliver him. They were even taunting him. Hey, if you're really Christ, come down off the cross. And I'm so glad he didn't. But the bottom line is what held him on that cross was meeting the demands of a holy God. And it was his passion and his love. Because in the garden of Gethsemane, he was crushed. An angel had to come minister to him. He was so, so weak. But yet he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I have a passion. I have a mission. I have a love. And I'm not going to stop short until I bring redemption for mankind. Jesus loved others, and his instruction to those early disciples was for them to love others as well. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, a new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you, you also are to love one another, John 13, 34. And even as he was given this instruction, they were still learning from, following and following, and watching Jesus and the way he loved others. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna do the same, just like the early disciples. We're gonna learn Jesus. We're gonna look at his word, how to love others, what was Jesus' motivation and mission, what kept him engaged through the difficulty of his mission? What did he trade his life for? Why did he trade his life for ours? And in that, I want us to see the same sacrificial love that can be brought forth through us to make a difference in this world we're living in. Again. John three sixteen. I reiterate, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you were to ask any Christian today typically to describe God, most of them would say something about love. It is clear to see all throughout the Bible to most Christians that God is a God of love, compassion, and care. In fact, 1 John 4 tells us, as I said earlier, that God is love. His very being is love. He doesn't wake up and say, I need to love today. God is love. The word for love used in John 3.16 by John is the Greek word agape out of the four different words in the Greek language that's used for love. And this is the one that is willful, pure, and sacrificial. Does it sound familiar? Sure it does. It's because it's what Christ did for us, but it's also what Christ wants to do through us. This is the type of love that God has for his people, including you and including me. And this love fueled God to send his son in the first place. And this is the love that fueled Jesus throughout his ministry. And this is the kind of love God wants to pass on all those who believe in him through Jesus. You know what we're to be, guys? And I don't really know much about electrical stuff um, at all. As a matter of fact, don't ever get around me if there's electrical stuff going on. You'll probably die, just being honest. I always call him the taxter with that. Uh, I remember we were over here working on the other side, and he's like, we need a shepherd's uh, stick thing. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, we need a shepherd's stick. We used them in the Coast Guard. I was like, okay, what does that mean? It means if you start getting fried, Todd, I'll just take that stick and pull you off. I was like, that'll bless your heart, won't it? Wow, we're about to really get into something, aren't we, Tack? He and I made the first baptismal heater for our church because we didn't have the money to buy one. And uh, those people not only got baptized, they went straight to heaven. It was awesome. It was great. Um, So it was was great. We miss them. We're going to set up a memorial for them. But uh, yeah, may God bless them. Amen. But all we are is conduit. It simplifies the wiring installation by providing an unobstructive path for the wiring to run through. That's all it is, conduit. The conduit's not the power. I can go to Home Depot today and manhandle all kinds of conduit. I don't have to worry about it. But when I grab electricity, that's a game changer. The conduit, though, is simply not the power source. It's just to keep the power from being obstructed. And that's what we are. We're simply conduit in this world in which we're living in so that God can move through us. The conduit, again, isn't the power. It's the path which it can flow through unobstructed. That is what we are as his earthen vessels. And as I mentioned earlier, we're commanded by Jesus to love one another in the same manner that he loved. This leads us into a conversation about sacrifice. The key to loving people, well, is often found in sacrifice when we lay aside what we want for others. Are you willing? This was scripted, and then I want to add something. So stay with me right here. Are you willing to sacrifice your schedule for someone who needs to chat with you? Are you willing to sacrifice your own desires to align them with God's? Honestly, the list of sacrificial love opportunities is endless. That was the scripted part. Now let me add mine to it. Are you willing to sacrifice your preconceived notions about sinners? Are you willing to sacrifice your preconceived notions about sinners? I'm going to let that sit just a second. See, to get in this world and be light, I know it just takes a little light in a dark world to, to, to see the light, but we live in a dark world, and you need to know why you believe what you believe. I agree with that 100%. I think that's part of the problem is we don't know what we believe. Yes, but you also, listen to this carefully, need to listen to the sinners and to hear them. Maggie Steve, a dear friend, and her and Aaron, she sent me a, a, um, a thing from a guy that I've respected for years Uh, Josh and Sean McDowell, apologetics people, incredible. And I was listening to him this week. It was a two-hour thing. And he said, one of the biggest things that atheists say about us Christians is that we do not listen. We just come in, just automatically knowing what we're going to say. We're like a machine gun. We spit out. You need Jesus. And we just go through that little spill. And we don't even even take time to listen. You say, I don't need to listen because I don't need to hear about their sin. That's funny. You take yours to God every day. He listens to you. So, why are you any different? So, we don't want to talk. We don't want to listen to sinners. We, just, we don't want to talk to people who are struggling. We don't want to know why they're struggling with why they want to become transgender. All we want to do is just go out and wave the flag and say, ah, man, that's, you're all going to hell in and, and a handbasket. Have you ever stopped to talk to them? Say, ah, oh, we're compromised. You ain't compromising squat. You're doing what Jesus did, man. Do you remember? The, the times that Jesus encountered people that everybody else wanted to kill? And he loved them and went to them and ministered to them? See, we're not doing church like Jesus. We're doing church like America. Bigger stages, bigger lights, flashier speakers. All this kind of stuff. That's not what's going to change the world, man. we got to love. I'm guilty of it. I, I'm, I'll share this with you, and I've got a lot to get said, and I probably won't get it all said, but one of the things I miss because I worked with the state patrol in Georgia as a chaplain and, and also with the fire department, and that's really what I, I really love that. I know that sounds weird. I think it's a calling that God puts on people's lives to be able to deal with trauma and to be able to go to people's homes and tell them that their loved ones have been tragically killed in a car wreck. It takes a special calling from God to do that, and I get that, but I love that. I don't love what I do, but I'm saying I love to be able to be that conduit, to be that guy there in that moment, to maybe bring just a little peace and comfort to a family that is hurting. That's just a passion I have. So I miss that. So I start thinking about maybe I should go back to the hospital and start helping out there. So I go there. I've got the master's degrees. I've got all the experience. I've got all this kind of stuff. They're like, do you have this class, CPE? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that class. And they're like, well, it's 400 hours. I was like, I ain't taking that class. You know? um, and so it's like 400 hours. So I'm like, I'm not, not going to do that. We're only going to take six people. If you decide to submit your application, do that. And I just got to think about it. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I'll submit my application. And so I did. And uh, then they called me up and said, we're going to do an interview with you. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. So in my interview, and some of them is probably going to maybe watch this sermon. And that's, that's fine and well. In my interview, they said, we got a role play. We're going to give you a scenario. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, great. You know me, I'm all about role play. Wow, yay. And uh, um, so the lady sits down, she's like, hey, my name is like Sarah. And I was like, okay, because I'm terrible sometimes with names, so I'm like, pay attention, Todd, focus, focus. Her name is Sarah, her name is Sarah. So Jane, tell me about, I'm just kidding. Um, But over and over, and here's what she said to me. She said, um... So I'm in the hospital with a hip replacement. <clears throat> I am 50 years old, and I'm wanting to get out of here because my wife is about to have her first baby. I'm a lesbian. I'm an atheist. And there's a couple other things. I thought, man, could you just could you give me a tough situation? Maybe. <laughs> but I handled it. I dealt with it. But my whole point was this, is in that moment, I thought to myself, <clears throat> we can come to cross point in a metal building. getting our little incubators and pretend that that's not the world out there. But it is. It is the world out there. Every day. We have educators in our church who deal with it every single day. Nurses and doctors who deal with it every single day. Everywhere people go, they deal with this every single day. And listen, here's the deal. Do you you really think they're ever going to listen to us if we don't listen to them? And here's the deal, if you're so rock solid in your faith, what's it going to hurt? So I'm going to do that class, even though I don't want to. And I'm going to go eight hours on Wednesdays, do four hours of clinical a week, be on call two weekends. I'm hoping that me and and some of my doc buddies will be on call together so we can keep each other up. But anyway, I'm going to do it. Because you know why? If we all recluse and say, you know what? That's just not how we believe. That's just not what we think. That's not how we roll. That's not our DNA. Well, good night. who's gonna go out there and do something? So we have to go and be in the midst of that. We don't have to agree with it. So I'll be one of six people in this, this class, this training. And I'm just praying that God will use me in my southern comedy country, whatever, to maybe break the ice and get my foot in the door so that I can begin to do what the passion in my heart. But listen, man, sometimes we just don't take time to listen. Two stories. I was sharing this last week with uh, Miss Kaylee. We went to eat with them after church, and I was sharing with her. This is another reason she does not let me work in a kids' ministry, so stay tight. But So we had a kid one time in Bible school, and they came and got me. They're like, Pastor, this kid is kicking people, and he's, he's like aggressively going. So I'm just like, all right. So I just walk over there, bust up in there, pick this little turd up, sit him in a chair, put my hand on his chest, push him in the chair, grab his legs. He starts trying to kick at me. I said, let me just tell you something, dude. You kick me, you won't ever kick again. Now there's there's people standing around, and here's what I said next. You ready? This is too, Kaylee's giggling because she knows where it's going. I said, um, you ever heard of prison? And he's just like, I said, that's where you're going if you don't straighten up. His teacher, Miss Roberts, her kindergarten teacher, she would tell us at times that when he would act up in class, she would say, Do I need to call Pastor Todd? And said so he would just straighten right up. <laughs> you know what I found out, though? Is what the kid didn't need was, was, he needed love. His life was so messed up. But what do we do? We jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, he'll be another, yeah, he's going to be another statistic. Lord, he'll be, I did it. He'll be in prison, that kid, Lord. He needs just tail busted. He needs blah, 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 blah. Another kid, and I'm just sharing this because I want you to get the whole point of what I'm trying to say today. Another kid, probably 11, 12 years old. At that time, I weighed about well, what I do now. And 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 this kid came up and started like aggressively fighting me, wrestling me. He picked me up off the ground, and I, yeah, and I said, hey, now don't say whoa, that don't weigh that much. <laughs> I'm done, you bunch of jerks. I'm out of here. but I I had to take him to the ground like a grown man I took him down and I laid on top of him he spit in my face come to find out long story short is that his mom had been taking him house to house to house every night to different men and one of them had a pit bull and it would corner him and put its mouth over his head and just gnaw and bite on him in those times that she was there see I didn't get the whole story And what do we do as Christians so many times? We just go ahead and cast our judgment. Yep, that's what's happening. That's the problem. That's what's wrong with America. That's what's wrong with our culture. That's what's wrong with this. It could be what's wrong with it's us. You say you have the answers. You say that God gave love to you, but you don't share it with anybody else. You just want to be right. That's all it is. Christ loved you. He was right, but he loved you in spite of your sin. Before you could love, Christ loved you and gave himself for you. And he said, I want you to do this for me as a representative of me. God sent his son. I'm trying to speed forward. I think God's desire for us in response is utterly clear. Love him back. Love others the same way he loves us. We've already read in John 13, 34 that Jesus says do this. He calls it a new commandment. However, like many things we're told to do, it takes great effort, commitment, and devotion. Again, don't you leave here and saying, oh, pastor's compromise." I ain't compromising squat. But I'm just telling you, how else can we get the gospel out? like Sean McDowell in this this setting he said how many of you are against Darwinism evolution and the whole church raised their hand and he was playing the role of an atheist and he said "Uh, how many of you are against uh, evolution Darwinism they all raised their hand and he said how many of you can stand up and give me a definition of it right now and seven people raised their hands out of hundreds of people he said so what you would tell me is if I told you I didn't believe your Bible is I need to go read it I'm telling you maybe you need to listen You hear what I'm saying? Like we judge stuff. We're just like, that's wrong. We don't even know why it's wrong. We're afraid to ask why. Jesus taught us as much as is in our power to do so, to make things right with others, to forgive. Matthew 18, 21. God loves us even when when it's unreciprocated. God loves when you're nasty, rude, and mean. God loves when he's not getting anything out of the relationship. And this specific love of God is ever ready for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Have you ever experienced His love? Not His laws and legalism. Not if you do this, you'll go to heaven. It's sad that those people thought running those planes into the Twin Towers that day, September 11th, that they were going to heaven. Jesus has never asked us to blow ourselves up to receive eternal life. He left heaven came to this earth and lived like us because man messed up a man had to fix it he died for us and like us and he rose the third day and conquered death went back to heaven where he's now seated at the right hand of the Father if you'll put your faith and trust in him he he will show you he's going to love you no matter what but he will show you a love you've never experienced before and then you're going to be able to take that love that's inside of you and you're going to be able to give it to others and that's what I'm saying Is, is what we're doing fueled by love or is it fueled by conviction or, or guilt, condemnation, whatever it is, it needs to be fueled by love. God loved me, gave his life for me. I need to love others. Right? You with me? Say amen. amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to close out. If you've never trusted Jesus as your savior, I encourage you today. I beg of you today to give your life to him before it's eternally too late. You need a relationship with Christ. Right there, you can pray, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Change me, save me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. And I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I give my life to you. I turn from my sin today and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. for listening to this podcast from crosspoint church in williston vermont if you gave your life to jesus today i want to encourage you to text yes to jesus to 484848 if you want to learn more about crosspoint get connected or find ways to give visit crosspointvt.org have a blessed day